at the very end of my career, when I was almost finished teaching in a pre-service teacher education program, which was already now almost six years ago, there was a new initiative that was becoming more pronounced for those who were interested in a variety of different teaching strategies, the way to encourage children to learn in different ways. And it was only beginning to be talked about at the end of my career, but since then I have read about it from time to time and i want to uh, i want to uh, talk about that today because it has become more possible to use this approach because of the technology so it's called flipping it's all about flipping the classroom it's called flipped classrooms and essentially what it does is it sets out for students a series of readings or an assignment or a challenge without giving them a lot of instruction and then letting them find, read, think, and so on, and then come back and ask questions. So why do I want to talk about this in a video today? because it occurred to me, teachers and parents have been trying to master the skills of using online learning. But when they approach the task, they begin making the assumption they have to use preconceived ideas or preset strategies. In the classroom, when I was a classroom teacher, we were used to writing out how we wanted to teach a lesson, teaching the lesson to our students, and then giving them an assignment and asking them to do the assignment based on what we had taught. So when you go online, basically what teachers and parents are trying to figure out is to how to teach a group of students online. But imagine if instead of trying to teach the students, you gave them a topic and you gave them a list, a link, a list of links where they could read about the topic. Let's say in grade, in grade five or grade six, you're trying to teach about the water cycle and about how warm air rises to go over the mountains. And as it rises, it drops its rain. And then on the other side of the mountain, it's arid. It's not as moist anymore. And that the rain falls on the mountains, 
The mountains cause rivers, the rivers flow down and drain into the sea. And what you want to explain is, in the sea, there is evaporation. That evaporation goes into the clouds. And then when it's cooled, it falls as rainfall. But imagine if you gave the students a series of links to a couple of videos, a couple of diagrams, and some reading material at grade level. And today, you can find anything online. Anything online. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But imagine you, if you gave them all of that stuff to begin with, and then the next time, or after a certain number of days, you said online in Zoom, okay, let's talk about it. What problems do you have with understanding this concept? So you've flipped the classroom. Instead of teaching it, and then having them read it, and then doing work on it, you give them the work to do first by the reading and the looking for the videos and so on. To show you what I mean about how easy it is, even at the youngest grade levels, I have begun to read books that have in them vocabulary and, and plot lines that are suitable for young children in grade one, grade two, and grade three who are learning about multi-chapter books. Mainly I picked that age because my grandchildren, my oldest grandchild is in grade one. My oldest grandniece is in grade one. I'm an old man compared to that, of course, but that's another whole story. But so I wanted to do some research and figure out what books I should think about reading. What I read to my students in grade four and grade five and grade six, or what I think are great books, are not necessarily the books that other teachers have said their students have enjoyed. So when you do a search in Google, you can get best books to read aloud in grade one, best books to read aloud in grade two, best books to read aloud in grade three. So if you can get lists like that, then you can find videos and lessons actually with diagrams and everything that you can lay out for your students for almost any topic at any age level. And you give them the links. So then at home, they know what they have to do. I want you to look at this diagram and I want you to watch this video and then label the diagram and see if you can understand what this is all about. And then tell me about it the next time we meet or two days from now or however you want to structure it. Now, the research, the, the link that I'm following pointed out that there is 64% more learning that takes place. That was in a research study 
that was conducted in the university in Utrecht University in the Netherlands. But that's only one study. And that one study points in a direction that suggests that flipping the classroom can be very productive. Now, that doesn't mean you use flipping the classroom all the time. Sometimes you do a, an experiment with kids and they watch and then you talk about it. Another time they read about something and you talk about it. Another time you watch a video together and then you talk about it. Or another time you give them some reading and some questions and then you review the, the material. Each is a different learning strategy and each appeals to a different kind of learner. But there are learners who prefer to play with ideas in their heads. And that's what flipping the classroom does. It puts the ideas out there, and then the student plays around with those ideas and thinks about how they all get, to, get put together. I had a cousin, unfortunately he died way before his time, because he needed heart surgery and he never made it. But my cousin Lionel could take apart any machine and put it back together and have it fixed. He never took any courses in school. He left after high school and went traveling. But he had a mind that could take things apart and put them back together again that were mechanical. Our son is the same way. So if we have a classroom in which they can't touch anything, kids like that who like to tear things apart and put them back together again, if they're always told to sit on their hands and watch, they get frustrated. They don't learn as much. So every once in a while, you have to give them that kind of a learner, something that challenges them. Flipping a classroom is another kind of educational challenge, another way to approach a topic, but it's an important approach because there are students who are problem solvers by nature, and they like to think about things. Flipping the classroom gives them that opportunity. And technology only makes it easier because of the videos, the books, the pictures, the things that we you can you can put out there for your kids, for your students, or for your own personal kids, your 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 children. And it means you put a little bit up in front, then you give them the time so you can do something else. And I know that's a, a, a wish fulfillment for a lot of parents and teachers who have so much that they're trying to juggle right now. But there's another way of dealing with the issue of online learning. Good luck.